Welcome to the Kuping a Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kuping a Coal Analysts. And my guest today again is Annie Bailey. She's an analyst with Kuping a Coal, focusing on emerging technologies again and still working out of Stuttgart. Hi, Annie. Hi, Matthias. Thanks for having me. Great to have you again. And, and this is the second and promised part of a series of episodes that we want to do about emerging tech in healthcare. And we, we did this a few weeks ago and we started out on the one hand with looking at what are the goals that we want to achieve until 2030. And that is the SDG three from the United Nations re requiring that um, we have to ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for all at all ages. And as we are also technology analysts, of course, we look at what's going on in the technology sector. And you've mentioned a few of these um, emerging technologies, including AI, machine learning, IoT, blockchain, and especially important for Kuping a Coal, digital identities as key factors impacting the healthcare sector. And that is where we close down our first part of this series. So, um, Annie, when we look at these individual technologies, let's have a look at some of the use cases where these technologies, these trends are really showing up in real life. When we start with, with AI, with machine learning, um, where do you see some real-life use cases and some really emerging and benefiting use cases for the individual patients? Yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting what's going on out there. It's difficult to look at all of healthcare and all of AI because these are both monstrously huge terms which encompass basically everything. And so it it helps if we can pare this down a little bit in in what we're talking about. And so if we can categorize at least AI applications for healthcare into those use cases which are targeted to improve patient care. Um, we can think of this as one very large category. And then another category being improving hospital workflows, working towards more efficiencies. So if we take a look at those categories, um, those use cases for improving patient care of having an impact on their treatments and their therapies, we of course have chatbots. This is a uh, Uh, chatbots are, of course, not new, but they're becoming more and more sophisticated in being able to help patients self-diagnose um, to type into the window their symptoms and be given suggestions on what, uh, what that could be, so, you know, other uh, symptoms to look for, watch out for, um, and, of course, to inform them on possible next steps if they need to be referred to a doctor for more investigation, or if there's a home remedy, which they could try and see if, if that helps relieve their, their symptoms. So this is one thing which is out there, which is impacting patient care. Another is to take a look at the way patients actually follow a treatment once they've left the hospital. You can think of this as adherence to a treatment plan. and AI can be harnessed here to collect some behavioral data to mark when uh, a medication has been taken or if certain dietary requirements have been fulfilled. 
And this can be collected and analyzed to help understand what behaviors lead to uh, a patient sticking with a treatment or what behaviors lead to um, failure to, <laughs> to fulfill that treatment, which can, of course, then help doctors and outreach staff members to uh, find good intervention strategies to help patients maintain treatment and ultimately continue on their, their health journey or their healing journey. Uh, so these can be thought of as um, AI for improving patient care. There are many, many other use cases which fall under here. If we pivot and take a look at AI for efficiencies for improving hospital workflows, reducing no-shows uh, for appointments is a really big one because a, a doctor's time, of course, is very valuable. Uh, if they have a patient who doesn't show up for an appointment, that's simply lost time and lost money and is incredibly inefficient. And so, uh, similar to uh, the patient's adherence use case, behaviors can be tracked and analyzed to help understand which patients are at risk for not showing up, help understand why, and help drive the interventions and the, the community health efforts to help make sure they are able to attend their appointment. If it's a matter of time of day, of transportation, of other responsibilities, um, help understand what is driving their choice to not show up for an appointment. So on the one hand, we are talking about improving the leveraging of existing resources, a doctor, uh, a caring facility. But on the other hand, we are looking, and that's most striking to me, we are really um, improving the scalability of um, healthcare processes. When I talk to a chatbot, this is really know-how that has been extracted of people's, of doctors' minds, and that can then scale up to serve many more people at the same time, at least for a very limited and, and, and narrow focus. But this can really improve the overall um, patient care in general. So this is really striking to me that that AI and machine learning in, in, in particular are really contributing to providing a better and a much more scalable healthcare here. Um, so that's, that's great to hear. Um, um, often mocked and often uh, not well understood blockchain. When we talk about blockchain in, in healthcare, um, can that have similar effects when it comes to Uh, using blockchain in healthcare use cases? Yes. Um, uh, surprising for some, not surprising for others. Uh, it can be a, a really useful piece here. And a theme that we've talked about already in this podcast um, and in the previous time we were talking about healthcare, privacy and the appropriate use of patient data is a really, really important factor here. And um, blockchain is, is seen by Uh, many as a means to ensure the privacy of data and that it is handled well and that processes are transparent but private. So this can be used actually in some digital identity use cases in identifying a medical staff member or identifying a patient 
and having access to their health records. Uh, this is something which can be facilitated by blockchain, not always, but again, it can, this is one possible architecture for facilitating a digital medical ID. And so this benefit really comes from having a secure storage of proofs, being able to securely store the proof that I am who I am, that I'm not a medical professional. Um, I should never be hired as one because I do not have these qualifications. I am, um, in this scenario, a patient. And that proof, which would be stored securely, is also able to be shown that it has not been tampered with, that I haven't added extra qualifications to my profile, that nobody else has done that. Um, and so that's where the value of blockchain comes here in facilitating the, the safe transfer of data, but also presenting credentials in the form of a digital ID. This could also be useful in tracing pharmaceutical drugs throughout um, production to retail sale, um, then finally to the home to make sure that the, the production setting and all quality controls were followed and that uh, it can be traced from really production to use. Yeah, I think this issue of counterfeit drugs is really a large issue in, in several areas around the globe. And I think when we have some yeah, supply chain control, supply chain management, supply chain tracing, that is really an important thing, especially when it comes to such essential goods like um, pharmaceutics. So I think that is really an important thing. So it's supply chain control, but mapped to the healthcare system. So if I look at my phone in the evening, I can can have a look at my heartbeat over the complete time of day. And when I did sports, most probably not. And I can see really some information that my smartwatch took from me and communicates to my to my cell phone. Um, so this is one aspect that I can see in real life already when it comes to, to IoT, to wearables. But there are much more IoT use cases that you had had a look at when you did your research, right? Mm -hmm. So just as you say, the usually the first thought that somebody has when they think of the combination of IoT and healthcare is a smartwatch. This is a really popular and um, will most likely be a very fast-growing section of the health market of being able to deliver this personalized care, personalized experience, Uh, you having direct access to your own health information and with a means to process it and gain insights. So we can think of that category as wearable IoT devices, something which you could just have with you, put on, carry with you. There are also implantable IoT devices. These are not quite so popular. It's a very invasive process, but is becoming more standard as a medical procedure. One example could be a smart retina. For those who have vision issues, um, a smart retina could be inserted into the eye as a means of helping the eye adjust to different light intake, different color intakes, help balance depth perception when needed, help in these situations. So this is uh, something completely different than a wearable device, which you could just put on your watch, but yet it is having a very clear impact on a particular health issue. You also have um, another category of IoT called ambient IoT, and this is the 
concepts that you as an individual could have an impact on your environmental context through IoT control. And so this would be, think of, for example, a hospital room where you from your bed can um, easily adjust the lights, the temperature, the way your bed is oriented, if a visitor could come in and visit you or not, so access to the door, uh, communicate with your health staff, query your IV drip to know how long it has to remain hooked up to your arm, things like that, things where you can interact with the ambient um, environmental context around you. Right. So, um, yeah, these implantable IoT, uh, this was a bit scary to me, to to be honest. But but yeah, I think this is something where where we really have to go forward, um, and and this is something that really can yeah solve immediate issues, and that is really a, another way of curing existing issues. You've you've touched up quickly. Um, this whole topic of digital identity is something which we might elaborate a bit on. You've talked about uh, identifying health professionals and their qualifications and to make sure that only those people who are the appropriate people can actually execute tasks in a healthcare system. Um, and you've mentioned briefly the digital medical ID of the individual patients or the in individual health Uh, files that you have. Um, can What are use cases um, connected to this digital identity um, that we should um, look forward to or that we should expect very soon in real life? Yeah, digital identity is, is going to be a really critical piece in a health care journey towards digital transformation. So at the, at the hospital level, at the you know, private practice level to a countrywide initiative for digital transformation. Um, so we've talked about it a bit earlier, how important data interoperability will be um, and how that's connected to a patient-centered journey um, or a patient-centered process. And digital identity is really critical to this because if data is going to be able to be moved between institutions securely and safely, the data has to be connected with the patient, um, that it, it can be unambiguously, very clearly identified so that um, there's no risk to the patient of their data being mixed up and them being treated for um, a health condition that they do not have. It's very important for patient safety, um, but also for patient privacy, that although their data can be identified with them, that it could also be used without personal connection to help drive insights on a larger scale of health issues which are happening in a region or uh, in this scenario, how pandemic uh, infection rates and the situation is developing. So a, a digital ID is really critical here to enabling data transfer, but it also has to be done right because it has to be protecting the patient at all times. Right. There's a concept that we see in digital identity in general, which is called user-managed access or something that is entitled self-sovereign identity. I think that really comes into play here as well to make sure. If I just want to go to a, to a store, I have to 
prove that I'm, I'm of legal age to, for example, buy um, a bottle of, of, I don't know, whiskey. Then it's not required to show my name or to say my name or to show a picture of myself. There should be only the proof that I'm of legal age. That should be enough. So just an attribute-based authorization. And I think the same is true when it comes to, to health records, when it comes to digital medical IDs. Sometimes it's not important what my name is or my age is or how I look like or if I'm male or female. That all does not uh, care when I'm when I had an accident and I'm lying on the street and somebody has to do the initial first emergency uh, treatment, then they should know what kind of blood I have and if there is any additional information to take into consideration for treating me in the first place. And this is just a set of attributes that should be easily available via a digital file or via a file that is easily accessible. But I think this is something where we really have to go forward to to understand that we provide the right information at the right time and we keep it under control of the individual patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't agree more with you. Okay, great. So um, thank you very much for talking about these individual use cases. You said there is much more to come. We just picked out a selection of what you looked at and there is, as I said, much more to come. Uh, so I expect that there will be more further episodes when we look at these emerging technologies in healthcare and in other sectors that you are looking at. Any final thoughts that you want to add, Any when it comes to looking at the healthcare system? Is this something that you expect to happen very soon to get a broader and a much better way of having healthcare around the globe? Uh, yes and no. So in, in one sense... Um these solutions are really driven by medical research, um, and it should be that way. As you as you mentioned earlier, the idea of implantable IoT, of, of smart retinas and the like, is really very scary. Yeah, I agree. That's um, beyond many people's comfort zones yet and should be driven by medical professionals for particular medical issues. So on that end, um, it may be very slow. On the other end, there are AI solutions which are being developed now to help streamline uh, clinical trials, to help more quickly gather participants, to help streamline identifying new drugs for for new therapies, um, and help that along the development pipeline. Uh, so it's it's a very contradictory. Uh, statement to say if development will go quickly or slowly. It will be both. Right. So, and then usually when we talk about um, defining the right strategy for introducing technologies, we usually as analysts talk about a risk-based approach. This time, I think we should talk about a benefit-based approach. So, wherever technology can provide the most benefit to to a larger group of people, and you've mentioned these chatbots for first diagnostics, I think this is something that can quickly provide a high level of benefit for a large group of potential patients. And that is something where this development might already start right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Annie, again, for being my guest today. For the audience who are listening, um, please go to our website, coopingacole.com, uh, and search for emerging just in uh, as one keyword in our search engine, and you will be guided to documents and research provided by Annie and our colleagues when it comes to these emerging technologies around 
healthcare, financial services, and other sectors. So thanks again, Annie, for being my guest today and looking forward to having you in an upcoming episode soon. Thank you, Matthias. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.